They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 20 of Soul Food titled Prison. In this episode, we're going to talk about feeling intimacy in deprivation. We'll talk about the three aspects of imprisonment in the world. And finally, we'll talk about being owned by one's beloved. So we're continuing to look at Sheikh Abu Bakr bin Salim's book, Miftahu Sara'ir, The Key to Inner Secrets. And in this section, he continues talking about something that's related to contentment, which we talked about in the previous episode, and related to being with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of your states. So he then says, may Allah be well pleased with him. Know that this abode, this dunya, the life that we're in, is a place of troubles. So be not surprised that it contains troubles. So it is an abode that its very nature is that it's a place of tests and difficulties and troubles. So don't be surprised if that's what you find. Rest in it is rare and only attained by people of spiritual experience and pure inner secrets who witness Allah's beauty in everything. So the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who witness His beauty in everything, they're the ones who have a truly good life. They're the ones who have access to rest and serenity and peace, even in the abode of this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَلَا نُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا وَلَنَجْزِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ بِأَحْسَنِ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Whoever does good, whether male or female, and is a believer, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we will surely bless them with a good life. فَلَنُحْيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبًا That we will bless them with a good life, and we will certainly reward them according to the best of their deeds. So they have the same experience in the situations where they are given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as they do when they experience deprivation. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you something that you want or you don't attain something that you want, for people who witness Allah's beauty in everything, they have the same experience in both of those situations because their love and their focus is on the giver and the depriver which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not on what they were given or what they were deprived of, but the one who gives and the one who deprives subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the great imams, Al-Habib Ali Al-Habashi, may Allah have mercy on him and be well pleased with him, he says in lines of poetry, these beautiful meanings that show us how to be with Allah even in situations where we don't get what we want where we feel like we've been asking and we wanted something, but that thing that we set our sights on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed that we would be given something else and He did not give us that. So He says, Should you not gain your wants, my soul, then be not grieved. 
If you don't get what you want, then be not grieved, don't be saddened, but hasten to that banquet which your Lord's bequeathed. Hasten to Allah's generosity, turn to Him. And when a thing for which you ask is slow to come, then know that often through delay are gifts received. He says, find solace, find peace and serenity in deprivation and respect its due. For only by contentment is the heart relieved. For only by contentment is the heart relieved. And know that when the trials of life have rendered you despairing of all hope and of all joy bereaved, then shake yourself and rouse yourself from heedlessness. And then he says something beautiful. And make pure hope a meadow that you never leave. Have a good opinion of Allah. Even if you feel like maybe things are not going my way, I'm having difficulties, have a good opinion of Allah and make pure hope a meadow that you never leave. So this just shows feeling intimacy even in deprivation when you witness the one who gives and the one who deprives subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this brings us to the next point, the three aspects of imprisonment in the world. As Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim, he continues and he says, the master of messengers, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam said, the dunya, the world, is the believer's prison and the disbeliever's paradise. The dunya is the believer's prison and the disbeliever's paradise. This applies to every believer, though whoever is granted a degree above iman, this is the mu'min, whoever goes beyond the level of iman into the levels of ihsan, and he tastes spiritual experience and he experiences comfort. So the believer experiences this world like a prison, but the one who witnesses Allah's beauty and everything goes beyond that. So he continues as Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim, and he says the Prophet statement that the dunya is the believer's prison is from three aspects. The first is that the dunya contains exhaustion and constriction such that one does not find comfort in it. So it has these difficulties such that it feels like a prison and there's constriction in the dunya. So that's the first. The second aspect is that the kings of the world, when they become angry with someone, they punish them with imprisonment. So how can someone find rest in a place that's a place of punishment in a sense? When our father Adam السلام, when he ate from the tree, he was punished and brought to this dunya, which was like a prison. And it's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, if you obey me, then I will let you out and you will return to the abode of blessings and bliss. But if after that mistake that was made, you still don't obey Allah, then there's another place that's even worse than this dunya. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protection from that. So this is the second aspect of meaning that the dunya is the believer's prison. So then the third aspect that Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim mentions is, and it's really beautiful, and I want us to really contemplate this. He says that the entire world cannot contain any of Allah's gifts that he bestows upon his believing servants in the world. That the dunya cannot contain the spiritual gifts and the rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for the believers. So he called it a prison 
because it is constricted for the believer and because it perishes quickly and it contains troubles and worries and sadness. And it was made to intrinsically contain those things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives you things in your heart that you experience of nearness, of intimacy, of the sweetness of iman, of honor, of elevation, of witnessing His beauty and His majesty and His perfection subhanahu wa ta'ala that the entire dunya cannot contain. Nothing in the world compares to those things. So that's the third aspect of the dunya being like a scission, being a place that's a prison because it's constricted and it cannot contain the beauty and the exaltedness of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places in the hearts of the believers. And those who are brought closest to Allah, when they taste some of the sweetness of what Allah has given them, they ask to experience more of it immediately. So when they taste the sweetness of nearness to Allah, they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for more. And Prophet Musa alayhi salam, when he tasted the sweetness of speaking directly with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being addressed by Allah, the glorious and majestic, he couldn't bear to wait for the hereafter to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said, oh Allah, allow me to look upon you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you will not see me, lantarani. You will not see me. But look at this mountain. If you're able to look and continue to gaze upon it, then you will see me. And then the mountain was crushed asunder from the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in the akhirah, there will come a time in the next life when you will be able to see me. It's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling him that. So the yearning to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him want even more, but that couldn't be experienced in the dunya. The only one in all of creation to be able to be uh, see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who was granted that vision was the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wasallam. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he went on the Isra and Mi'raj, the night journey and heavenly ascent, who was it that he kept passing by and going back and forth between this Prophet and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It was Prophet Musa. So it was as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was consoling Prophet Musa and saying, even though you were not granted that vision of me just yet, I will let you see the one who saw me. And he went back and forth. And it's as if every time Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam, he saw the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam, it's as if he saw this nur, this increased nur of iman and the splendor of being granted that and being entered into the divine presence. So he would say, go back and ask Allah for less. Go back and ask Allah for less. And that happened nine times. And then the Prophet ﷺ returned to the world with the prayers. So it's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was consoling Prophet Musa السلام, and letting him see the one who saw him. But in the akhirah, those who are granted paradise will look upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's glorious and majestic countenance. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who are given that greatest joy and pleasure and reward of seeing Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this world, compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's gifts, it's like a prison and it can't contain those things.
So that's one of the meanings that the dunya is a prison for the believer. But those who have direct knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they taste some of that sweetness, when they witness with their inner sight Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beauty, then they naturally turn away from the world and they're no longer distracted by the dunya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because there's nothing that compares. So this brings us to the final point, being owned by one's beloved. As Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim says, if you experience any spiritual experience or purity of soul, then take advantage of that, for it is not considered part of the dunya. And these things are rare today for people to experience that. The inner sights have dimmed, the veils have thickened, the support has lessened, and heedlessness has continued through depending on other than Allah and through loving the world and turning to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he's saying here, if Allah opens your heart to tasting the sweetness of this deen, and this is available to us, especially in these blessed nights, that we are exposing ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sweet breezes of mercy and blessings that pollinate the hearts. That if you do experience that sweetness, you have to cultivate that. You have to protect that gift and take advantage of it. And it's as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent us an invitation when we experience that. It's not from the dunya. And it's more valuable than the dunya and all it contains. Especially in times where the vast majority of people have turned away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and are veiled as Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim mentions. So then he says something profound. Anyone who loves something other than Allah and the next life, he is that thing's servant because he is veiled. Allah dislikes for his servant to be a servant of another. Therefore, make your love solely for Allah the Exalted and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa When you love something other than Allah, it's as if you willingly sell yourself into servitude of that thing that you love and you're owned by it. But you were created for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he honored you by making you his servant. So don't ever settle for less. There is nothing in the dunya that is worth that. You were created for something more. Your freedom is in serving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then Shaykh Abu Bakr bin Salim ends this section by saying, Oh Allah, awaken us from our heedlessness, illuminate our inner sights, and eliminate our veils so that we do not fear, hope, or love anyone other than you. Grant us reassurance through remembrance of you and grant us pleasure in it that exceeds all other pleasures, pleasures in the remembrance of Allah that exceeds all other pleasures and make us thankful for your blessings and fearful of your wrath. Honor us and do not harm us. Empty our hearts of everything other than you. Prepare them for your support and gifts and give us comfort from the troubles of this world. A beautiful comprehensive dua. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. May we all be included in the dua of this great Imam. So this brings us to the call to action. 
Think about a time when you wanted something, a job, a spouse, anything, and it didn't work out. Look back and see how in that deprivation, not being given that thing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected you and opened up many other doors for you and gave you beyond what you could have imagined or asked for or saved you from some great harm that you couldn't have anticipated. Just think about that moment and see the blessing of deprivation. And when you reflect on that, you begin to realize some of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's care for you and the gifts that He gives you so that you increase in gratitude and you increase in love of Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah for tawfiq and that He makes us people who witness His beauty in all of our states and are granted the highest levels of nearness. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm or search for Soul Food in your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, take a minute to leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.